Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we come together to to hear from you. Jesus, your words are life to us, therefore we open ourselves up to hear what you're going to say to us. Holy Spirit, this is your service. I yield to you and become an active participant in what you want me to accomplish or what you want to accomplish here today. Thank you for personalizing this message of life for each of us and giving us what we need both immediately and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to say our confession, Bible confession. Hope everyone is doing well, wonderful, well-rested. Hallelujah. All right, ready, read. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine, it is the word of God, and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We're in the series Taste and See. Remember, it was a song that we used to sing quite often, Revealing Truth. There was a song, it's called, Oh, Taste and See, that the Lord is good, his mercy endures forever. That was one of my favorite songs. And as soon as this, oh, taste and see, I would always just add that on, that the Lord is good, that his mercy endures forever. And when I found out that I would be teaching today, I thought that that was going to be the title of the message. And I tried with all of my human might to make that a part of the message. Like, oh, this is what it's going to be. I already know what it's going to be. I'm good. I'm, ah. And then as I began to study and listen, it changed to what God really wanted it to be. Once Jesus asked the disciple, who do men say that I am? And then they shared what they had heard people say about him. Then he said, who do you say that I am? And then Peter, you know, what he's known for, oh, you're the son of God. The message today is entitled, Who Do I Say That I Am? Or Who Do You Say That You Are? Because that will determine how you live this life. God says a lot of things about you. But are you repeating what he says, or are you repeating what you've heard others say? 
that's in direct contradiction to what God has said. As a people, God said that he loves us and he sent Jesus to pay the price for us. As believers, he said that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God calls us his children, and he also calls us ambassadors. As a matter of fact, he even calls us his body. We are the body of Christ. So, what are we saying about ourselves as believers? It's great when things are going wonderful well, but what are you saying about yourself? What am I saying about myself as a believer when the pressure is on? When things are not going ideally the way you want it to go, what are you saying then about you? Not what other people are saying about you, but what are you saying about you when ain't nobody else around? When you laying in your bed, walking around in your house, driving in your car, what you might be saying to people in your house, your family, what you might be saying to people on the job. One of the things I've come to realize is there's a lot of negative things that are spoken outside in the workplace. A lot of negative things that are spoken. And one of the plots of the enemy is not only are those things spoken, but they'll try to get you a, to agree with what they're speaking. Man, they ain't paying us enough money, right? Man, the boss could be doing a better job. Don't you think so? I don't like her or him. They always in other people's business. Don't they be doing that to you? And if you're not, if you're not mindful of those things, you'll be like, yep, they sure are. Yep, this job don't pay that much money. Oh, you mean the one that you prayed about a year and a half ago? Oh, my boss don't know what he's doing. You mean the one that hired you? These are things that we have to look after. We have to guard our minds against. And see, everything is great when things are going great. Everything is okay when, you know, you got everything in order, everything is going fine. But let's just say when things get interesting, then what? Isaiah asked me in the back, Pastor Mike, how was your week? I said, interesting. <laughs> in the natural it was one of the worst weeks that I've had in a while. And it kind of, it kind of 
goes together with a couple bad weeks, month maybe, a couple months, where it's like, okay, you made choices and decisions that may not have been the best choices and decisions to be made. <laughs> My wife just said, amen. And then what do you do? It's like, I know I'm a believer. I know that I hear from God. But then you begin to question, God, did I really hear you on this situation? I said it was you, but was it really you? And then it goes beyond, if you continue on that, it goes beyond the fact of you just saying, God, is it you? in this situation. It's God isn't you in everything. Did I hear anything correct? You begin to question who God told you you were. You begin to question what he's called you to do. You begin to question certain things. You know what I had to do? I had to go back and I had to look at some things that God told me to write down. He told me to write it down. You know why? Because he knew that a time like this would come. And I had to go back. I had to look at it. And then I had to understand who I am. In the moment, I was questioning that. In the moment, I was questioning, do I hear from God? In the moment, I was questioning everything. Did he really tell me this? Did he really tell me that? Did he really tell me the other? And I went back and I asked him. I said, God, did you tell me this? I didn't hear anything. Well, God, did you say that? I didn't hear anything. He was like, uh-oh. I'm not hearing anything. He's not saying anything. What's going on? What do I do? My sheep know my voice. Not only do I know his voice, but he began to share with me a little bit later, I don't always tell you what to do verbally but I lead and I guide you. Your word, O oh God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So it was sometimes, no, I didn't have a word of what God told me. Go do this, he said, but I led you there. I brought you there. I took you there. He told me, he was like, besides your family, and not even all of my family, but my parents and my older sisters, he was like, you've known me longer than anybody else. I've known him longer than I've known my wife. I've long known him longer than I knew my first wife. I've known him since grade school. Grade school. He said, before any of these people came along, 
who are questioning what I told you, it was you and me. And when a lot of these people leave, it's going to be you and me. Don't ever let anyone question who you are in me. Don't ever let anyone question what I've told you to do. Don't ever let anyone question my word concerning you. So I had to gird up. I had to walk. And I had to say, regardless of who says what, this is what God said about me. This is who I am. Confidence came back. Confidence came back. One of the things that if you are a believer for any length of time, God has done something for you. God has done something. It's been something. And it's like, okay, God says this, and he's done this. So now you have receipts. It's like God said this, and I got a receipt for it because it was purchased. Whatever it might be. May it be healing, deliverance, um, financial, peace of mind, children, whatever the situation is, you have something. You go from there. We go from faith to faith. Enemy comes in and he tries to, well, did God really say? Is that for you? What do you do? What do you say? Do you agree? Or do you disagree? Well, in the times of pressure, you need to agree with what God said and who God said you were, you are. And so this is a reminder. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Am I on the wrong side? I might be on the wrong one. Because that's definitely not the scripture that I was looking for. Not for 2.1. Oh, there it is. We're not going to let things slip. But it says we let them slip. It didn't say it was taken away. It says we let them slip. Which means you have to let that happen. They just can't come and take it away from you. Enemy just can't come and take it away from you. If he could, he would have taken it from all of us. So there's something that we have to do. God loves us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave Jesus to the world because he loves the world. Every person that's ever lived or will ever lived on this earth God loved them. 
so much that he gave Jesus. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Knowing the love of Christ, getting an understanding of how great his love for us is, is a process in filling ourselves up with God. According to this scripture, that ye might be filled with all fullness of God, when you know the love of Christ, when you absolutely positively know that he loves you beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know what that separates you from? Separates you from fear. You're not walking in fear if you're walking in the fullness of God, which means you're not walking in fear if you're walking in the fullness of his love. People can't come and take things away from you. More importantly, the enemy cannot come and take things away from you because you love, full love, cast out fear. No fear in love. When the situations in life come up, because they will, are you reminding yourself that uh, Christ dwells in you and the person of the Holy Spirit? When you need $10,000 in two weeks and you don't make $10,000 in two weeks and you don't know who to borrow $10,000 from that you have phone numbers to, And you can't go to the bank and get $10,000 because you owe $10,000 to the bank. Then what do you do? You know what, Jesus? I am so full of your love. I'm not afraid of that at all. I know you're going to come through with it. A lot of us don't. Oh, Lord. What do I got in this house to sell? <laughs> How many spaghetti dinners would equal up that? You know, we got to sell the furniture. Got to sell the cars. Got to sell the TVs. Trying to offload everything. Trying to think of your mind. Got the hamster wheel just going. Hamster on there just running going nowhere. Why? Because you're trying to figure out what to do. And in the truth, if you knew what to do, you probably would have already done it. So you wouldn't find yourself in that situation. 
One of the things that I found out about living this life is when there's deadlines, when it deals with money or a lot of other different things, sometimes you don't need just money. Sometimes you just need favor from the right person who has the authority to say, you know what, Miss Rita, they said that you owe this money, but you know something? You did a favor from someone. And then that someone might be the vice president of who you owe this money to. You know what? I know Miss Rita Harris. Rita Harris. I know her. And you know what? This is such a small thing. I'm going to chalk this off. Boom. And it's canceled. That has happened to me before. It has. We're just like, you know what? You don't have to pay this off. And there was nobody that I knew that said, I didn't know the person, whoever it was, that said what they said in order for that to take place. But it has happened. There's been other times it's like, man, we need this money right now. God, what we going to do? Oh, they don't need it right now. Don't worry about that. Just continue doing what I told you to do. And then it's like, okay, Mr. Austin, we need this. I don't have it. You know what? We're going to come up with a plan for you. And we're going to allow to get, we're gonna allow you a year, two years, three years, five years to pay it back. Did any money flow through my hands? Absolutely not. Did the situation change? Absolutely. The heart of the king or anyone that's in authority is in the hand of the Lord. And you know him. That's the thing. You know. It's an unfair advantage that we have when we utilize the advantages that we have. I rack my brain about some things in the past couple weeks. I was trying to figure out, what do I do? What do I do? What in the world do I do? One of the most interesting things happened to me. Um, I was going through my going through my emails. And one small, it wasn't even a whole sentence, didn't seem like it. And it said, trust me, you're going to need this. But it wasn't a, what the advertisement or whatever it was that was on my email was saying, you need to trust me, you need this. But what God was telling me is, trust me, you need this. What is the this that you need to trust me? And I was like, and it almost like slapped me back into, this is what I need to be doing, trusting God. This is what I need, trust him. This is what I need, speak his word. This is what I need to renew my mind. This is what I need to stand on his word. This is what I need to talk to other people that believe the way I believe. This is what I need. 
I need that. And it was at that moment, snapped out of it. It was at that moment, my mind was getting renewed. It was at that moment, I know who I am in Christ. I know what he called me to do as a son first. As a father, as a husband, as a minister of what we call here this gospel. Listen, since I could remember, since I could remember, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about since I was a small boy, very small. I can remember things back to when I was three years old, and that was a long time ago. But I knew this is what God called me to do. I knew this is what God called me to do beyond the shadow of a doubt. Enemy says, did God really tell you that? Listen, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost, and he went in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Full. He didn't go by himself. He went in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you know what the devil did? Tried to tempt him. And he was full of the Holy Ghost. Full. Full of the Holy Ghost. It was, his tank wasn't no half full. Wasn't a quarter, wasn't that last line. He wasn't going on fumes. It didn't say he had 10 miles left, and then he done. He was full. And the enemy attacked him. So why are you surprised when the enemy attacked you? Let me fill you in on something. If he not attacking you, that could be a problem. Listen. I played sports before. I know you have played sports. When a joker ain't got no jump shot and they set up like they're getting ready to shoot, people walk away. Defense walk away. That joker can't shoot. I'm waiting for the rebound. I know he can't shoot. I'm not pressing him. He can't play. You got a wide receiver doing a fly route. Nobody's guarding. Why? Because he can't catch. He's not going to score. He's just out there doing wind sprints. Somebody on the soccer field that can't score, whatever. Let's double team the people that are good. So, said all that to say this, if the enemy's not pressing you, you're not a threat. Enemy's not pressing you, you might be on his team. Got to take that up with Jesus. I'm just putting it out there. So these are just things, these are things that, this is the life we live. This is who we are. God deals with me about me. Most of the time where I come up here is something that I deal, I'm dealing with, have dealt with, or are going to deal with. There is no fakeness, because number one, this one in front of me, she's not going to allow it. She, she's not. She's told me on several occasions, I ain't going to be fake. 
You go up there, I won't come. I sit in the back. Y'all laughing, but I'm not. What does it help? What does it help to share with you? And it's like, eh, it ain't working in your life. Now, that, do not get me wrong. Do not get it confused. There are things that I'm definitely working on. There are things that the Holy Spirit showed me through my spirit and through her mouth. But, but listen, I'm not complaining about it. I'm not complaining about it. Because you know what? She got my blind spots. It is what it is. So me and her, we're one. I got to keep this relationship right. Because guess what? <laughs> Get this relationship right, your prayers won't be answered. Prayers won't be answered. The enemy attacks relationships. People that are married, you know. You don't have to, you, and you don't have to say anything. You know. It's like, if that joker leave any more hair in this sink, I am going to. Or if she asked me to wash one more dish, I'm going to have, but it's these things. It's these things. And you know what? I have to apply faith with dealing with my wife. She definitely have to apply faith with dealing with me. And I can say everybody else that are married have those same situations. If not, Whose team are you on? Who are you lying to? <laughs> Listen, God wants us to know him. He wants us to know who he is in our lives and who we are in him. Because in that we have victory. In that, we live. James 1, verses 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Listen, the first time that I read, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, even though it was in the Bible, saying that can't be right. You're saying be and this is what I was thinking at the time, be happy because you got problems. What kind of foolishness is that? 
kind of craziness is being happy that you got problems. That's crazy. But there were some things that I was ignorant to. Number one, happiness is not joy. Happiness is a feeling that comes and goes. Joy is a decision that you walk. You decide on being joyful. And you understand that from the time you speak something, pray something, until the manifestation, there needs to be patience. Whether it's 10, 15, 20 seconds, two or three weeks, two or three months, or years, you need to allow patience to have its perfect work. What does that look like? You might have been praying about something. God, I thank you that it's mine in Jesus' name. From the time that you declare that until the time that you receive it, patience is having its perfect work. Because guess what? There's some things that are going to come against you to try and separate you from what you prayed for, that will try and separate you from what you've declared. I thank you that my husband hears from God a woman might pray. And then as soon as she get up off her knees, she found out this joker done made another bad decision. I can't stand. What'd you just pray? What'd you just declare? What did God just tell you? It's done. I was praying that my wife stopped. And then she come in and start. What did you just pray? What did you just declare? What did you just speak? Because that will decide how this is going to go for you. Don't let it slip. It's yours. Some people say, how do you know that? No matter how much we rush and try and get to it, we're not going to get to next Sunday until seven days of 24 hours. No matter what we do, no matter what I do today, <laughs> tomorrow going to be Monday. It's not going to be Sunday again. The next day going to be Tuesday. You can't rush that. <coughs> some of you cook. Some of you bake. Bake cakes. For those of you that know what you're doing, you can't rush a baking of a cake. You put it at a certain temperature. It's supposed to be a certain time. If you raise the temperature, you jack up the cake. Doesn't matter. Oh, I know this says this is a five-hour cake, and I don't make cake, so. Five-hour cake, but I'm going to make it in three and a half. Well, you're going to have a mess. You can't speed these. There are certain things that you cannot speed up. It takes time. But in that time, 
you're not just, I'm sitting, I'm moping, I'm getting attacked, I'm getting hit. No, you're standing in confidence. You're standing in confidence for what you have declared, what you're going to receive, and you're doing other things. That's already done. If that's already done, go do something else. But this is the way we live this life. If you sit back and say, you know what, I prayed about this joker, but he ain't did nothing, she ain't did nothing, then what you're doing is letting things slip. What you're doing is you're selling your faith, as Pastor Benjamin taught. As you're doing, and I've heard my wife say, you're giving it away. Here, I've received this by faith. Enemy, you can have it. You can have it. We cannot do that. These are things that we have to, if you're going to declare what the word of God is, then you need to stand. If you're going to declare what the word of God is, then you need to be confident of who he says he is. If, if you're a believer in here, you've literally put your life on the line for what you say you believe. So if you put your life on the line for you, what you say you believe and he said that, why don't you believe the rest? I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself as well. One of the things about the messages is I get it first, the good and the bad. <laughs> the jacked up, boy, you need to change what you're doing because this ain't, this ain't it. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> what are you saying when the pressure comes? I don't know how I'm going to make it. When will this be over? I don't know how I'm going to get through. God would say exercise patience. Let patience have their perfect work. Be confident in what God has spoken to you. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And we were kind of talking about this scripture earlier. It says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did not eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. He was hungry. He was hungry, y'all. Yes. Summit was probably rah, rah, just going. We're talking 40 days. We ain't talking about a couple of missed meals. We're talking 40 days. Devil came by. Got these Golden Corral yeast rolls. All you got to do, take them stones over there, turn them in. Got these Popeye's buttermilk biscuits. All you got to do, just change those rocks into him. His body 
was probably screaming for food. But what did Jesus do? Jesus told them what was written. You know why he told them what was written? Because Jesus was confident in who he was. Like, even though my body is weak right now, my will is strong. Holy Spirit is prevalent. On Saturday... We were, on a prayer, we were on a prayer call, and Shalita made the statement that we need to know how to say no. There is an anointing in your no. There's an anointing in your no to stop the devil in his tracks. There's an anointing in your, in your no to stop all of his imps in their tracks. There's an anointing to say no that stops people that are being motivated by him or just personal to stop them in their tracks. Mike, I think you need to be doing this. No. Mike, I think you ought to give me this. No. Mike, have you ever thought about God? No. There is freedom in your no. There is freedom in your no. Listen, if you say yes to everything everybody is telling you to do, they don't only have 24 hours in their day. They got 48 hours because they got their day and your time. I can't do all of this, but if I give it to Shalita, she can do it for me. Hey, would you be so kind as to do this? And then you find yourself the things that you're supposed to do rather than the things that somebody else gave you to do, and you're frustrated, and they're free. Why? Because you're doing the things that freed up their time. Do not allow other people to dump their stuff on you. Now, I'm not saying don't do what God told you to do. They're totally different. If God told you, okay, I need for you to do this, and they say, okay, I need for you to do that in this time, it's like there's a conflict in interest. So no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. Once upon a time, once upon a time, I received a call from a person that said, God told me to tell you to give me some money. In the midst of them telling me that, the Holy Spirit told me, tell them no. Everything started off all nice. As soon as the no rolled off, click. I mean, it didn't hang up on me, but it, it was short. It was just cut short. Boom. Now, I don't know what that person, listen, I don't know what they heard. I don't know 
what was going on. But I know in the middle of them saying what they said, God told me, tell them no. It could have been, it could have been they were focusing on the wrong person. God wanted them to focus on him instead of me. It could have been that. They could have been lying. I don't, I don't know. And in situations like that, I don't care. You know, some people are sitting back, I don't know why this joker called me. It's like, why? People do stupid things all the time. I'm not going to be concerned with why they do stupid things. I'm just going to prevent them from doing stupid things to me. That's it. You got to deal with that how you deal with it. And ironically, ironically, that person called back or, we, or talked to that person sometime later, and they said the guy that worked it out for him. And so that was the reason why I thought, oh, they're just, their focus is, oh, God's going to take care of this through. Don't ever put God in a box. Don't ever put God in a box. Allow him to do what he does. Jesus knew who, he, knew who he was and who he is. Do we know who we are? If you go down to verse 14, it says, and, Jesus, and this was after he was tempted in the wilderness. It says, and Jesus returned in, in the power of the Holy Spirit in Gal- into Galilee. And there went out, went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in, the, in their synagogues being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You know what Jesus did? Jesus found himself in the scriptures. He found who he was in the scriptures. Have any of you found yourselves in the scriptures? Because we have to. Just like Jesus found himself in the scripture, we have to find ourselves in the scripture. Let me help you with some of the things. God loves you. That's in the scripture. He loves me. He's saying, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. He says that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that he has equipped me to do everything that he's called me to do. 
These are the things that we need to be telling ourselves specifically. What has God called you to do? What has he told you to say? What has he told you about yourself? That is when you find yourself in the scripture. And there's a scripture for everything that God has spoken to you about in your life. Every single thing. The word of God is there. It's there. Christ came to earth not only to die for our sins, but he showed us as an example how we are to live this life. He said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This what it said? You're looking at him. You're looking at him. Then verse 22, it says, and all bear him witness and wondered at the glorious words which proceeded out of his mouth. That sounds excellent, doesn't it? And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Ain't this that nappy head boy that used to be running around here stealing? Ain't this the joke who breath used to be stinking and used to be dirty? Because they're trying to connect him in the natural. Where the spirit was moving. He's showing you something from a spiritual perspective and you just, oh, that's Gloria, daughter. Oh, ain't that, um, ain't that, um, ain't that Cheryl and them sister? They, they, she used to be in the club drinking, getting drunk, and they used to have to take her home. No, but this is what people will do. You have changed. You're no longer that person. You have passed from death to life. But, oh, I mean, he used to fight all the time. That person is dead, been buried, no longer alive, no longer living, but they try and put you in that box. They try and put you in that box. Oh, she used to do this. Oh, he used to say that. Oh, they used to do the other. They did it to Jesus. Do you walk away from what the word says about you and forget who you are? Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God says he knows the thought that he think about you. Do you know the thoughts that he think about you? Have you let these things slip? Like I said before, I was going through this week, some things were slipping with me. I was letting it slip. I was letting it slip and slide all the way down. And I'm watching it go. There it goes. And then, so happy, so grateful, so thankful for the Holy Spirit that reminds me, that reminds us, that let us know that's not you. That's not who you are. We don't give up. We don't quit. We don't stop. You might fall down, 
but you don't fall down and slide backwards. You just fall down and then you get back up. You've been walking with Jesus for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years, 50, 60, 70 years. If you make a mistake, you don't fall down and slide back 50 years back. No, you fell down where you are, you get up from where you are, and you continue to move. Like, oh, God, I made this mistake, da 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 No. Matter of fact, God knew you was going to make a mistake. He knew it was going to happen. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Get up. Keep moving. If you lose confidence in what God said about you, then you lose confidence in God himself because he's the one that said it. If you say, God, you were wrong about that, then you're saying that God is wrong. I don't know how you see me doing this. God said, I made you. I know what I put in you. I know what I've equipped you to do. I have your model. I created it. There's no way in which you can mess up so bad that I cannot change it because I'm the model maker. Um, There's a song by Maverick City called Jaira. I love that song. Not going to do that. You know not what you ask. (laughs) But there's one part it says I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I can imagine, and that is enough. When you know that you know that you know who you are in Christ, you walk in confidence. You walk in love. You walk in peace. You can stand with patience. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. We talked about love. Joy. We talked about joy. Peace. Long-suffering of patience. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Against such There is no law. You know why? Because when you're operating in the fruit of the spirit, you have freedom. Law binds people up. Christ gives us freedom. Bible says, in whom the son sets free is free indeed unless you allow yourself to be bound up. Say what God says about you and walk in freedom. Amen?
Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now, and I just thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your people. I thank you that we make a decision to walk by your word, to speak those things which we hear you say, to study your word, to find ourselves in the scriptures and speak those things, to speak those things which you have spoken to us individually, to do what you've called us to do. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, we thank you for forgiving us. We thank you for equipping us. We thank you for empowering us in the name of Jesus. We just praise you for who you are. And we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. But we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.